This is Stability, financial talk with Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell from Stability Partners. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Gene and Brian provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Stability Financial Talk with Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell. Hi, and welcome to Stability Financial Talk with Gene and Brian. My name is Gene Casagrande. And I'm Brian Powell. And we are Stability Partners. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 832-559-8393 or visit us online at stabilityfinancialtalk.com. And while at our website, you can check out our past shows and even subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anything else it's on. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions again and to set up a face-to-face meeting. So one thing we're going to talk about today is when we think about retirement, it's really easy to get caught up thinking in individual roles. I'm putting this amount of my salary away or, or you have X amount of company match. And so looking at it as two different teams there. But for millions of Americans, retirement is really a joint venture with a spouse. So with that in mind, our show today will explore how couples should prepare together for retirement without trying to kill each other. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I'm really intrigued by this topic, Brian, not just from a finance perspective. Um, you know, I can definitely see how easy it would be to think of retirement maybe as an opportunity to do more of the things we like to do, right? So whether it's golf or fishing or traveling to some of the places we like best. But, you know, as you said, many people have a spouse during retirement. And so that probably means you have to build your plan together as a team. Exactly right. If, if you have a spouse that you'll be spending retirement with, with hopefully you will, you're going to need to do a lot of planning. There's houses, kids, vacation funds, grandkids, college funds, inheritances, both that you might receive and you want to give out. So planning around those types of topics really need to be done together. So today we're going to talk about some of the key things in that area that you should be aware of to strategize for retirement. And that really starts with discussing your big picture goals together. Now, each person is going to have a few things that are very important to them, but getting on the same page about goals will really make the rest of the planning process easier to to actually know what the other person wants to do. Absolutely. And, you know, these conversations about the future are really are very important because they may lead to some surprising revelations, right? So, for example, one spouse may really dream about retiring as maybe as early as possible, right? While the other partner may be happy with their work and might want to continue with it for for many years in the future. So this this planning is also where the not killing each other process comes in as well. Yeah, so that's you've helpful. Got, you've <laughs> got to get on the same page because someone, you know, one of you may want to have a beachfront condo uh, with a balcony, um, not while hurricanes are going by, but what, but to have something like that. And the other 
uh, spouse may want to go on an RV tour of America. And so we've got a couple of the several clients that yeah. do that. Yeah. But the quicker you get on on the same page with it to spell out the ideal retirement, because if you suddenly find out that you're going in massively different directions, that that can be a hard one to plan for. So you need to think about a strategy that considers the kind of retirement you both want. And I, I think most couples are going to find common ground. That's why they're still couples when they get to be uh, at the retirement point. So, but just having that conversation can make a world of difference. Yeah, it sure can. I agree. Um, and, you know, as many of our listeners might have guessed, so the next key step in preparing for retirement as a couple is, of course, saving money together, right? And, of course, in broader terms, you know, you think each person is maybe responsible for their own retirement, um, you know, and if both you and your spouse are working, you may have, you may both have retirement accounts through your employers. But I mean, every couple is different, but it really can be helpful to approach retirement preparation, just like you would make other major financial decisions. So things like buying a house or a car, you would likely make those decisions jointly with your spouse, right? Surprise about a car. Yeah, there you go. Um, And, you know, it probably makes sense to do those things together, right? Not not come home with a surprise. So, you know, to to our earlier point, um, you know, is your spouse contributing to their own 401k? If not, maybe you can afford to put away a little extra money into your 401k so that that helps better position the two of you to enjoy the kind of retirement that you're both hoping for. Um, And so another factor that may apply to a, a lot of people is maybe one spouse is not working outside of the home. So if that's your situation, a spousal IRA may be a good way to go because it allows you to set aside funds in a tax-deferred account for the benefit of the um, stay-at-home spouse. And I'm surprised how many people don't know that there is the possibility to do a spousal IRA that it, that that's out there. So it's right, a, it's a right. good strategy to, to use. And maybe even a Roth IRA might be something to consider. So check with your financial advisor to see if you're eligible for that. Um, but And see if it makes sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, another thing to look at is strategizing when each spouse will claim their social security and to try to maximize that is really one of the the best goals so married couples are in a prime position to maximize it uh, by carefully timing their individual and spousal claims and this planning element is dependent of course on your age the age of your claim when you make your claim your spouse's age and what lifestyle plans you want to have so uh, beginning your planning before you turn 62 which is the earliest age you can begin collecting social security can make a tremendous difference for your retirement finances largely because of how social security can keep rolling up all the way up to age 70. right yeah you know so during the retirement planning process couples really need to consider their shared retirement income needs, right? And depending on what stage you're at in life, you may be able to accurately gauge how much money you'll need for retirement, right? By estimating your annual expenses. So add up your the all the income from guaranteed sources. So things like social security, pensions, annuities, um, and then uh, calculate how much you're going to 
need for expenses, right? And so the and you can then figure out how much additional money you need to save. To and get this there. this is really where you need to talk and have an open dialogue and really get things out in the open because you might be thinking uh, we're going to really scrimp and save and and go on a real frugal retirement budget and save every dime while your spouse is thinking, hey, this is the time we're going to have some fun. We're going to travel. We're going to go do some things. And having that sort of uh, differing um, visions of what retirement is can really be a train wreck. Yeah, that, that that's, that's for sure. Um, you know, making sure that both people get all of their goals and expectations out in the open so they can be discussed and considered that that really is very important. You know, the stakes are high and preparing for a comfortable retirement isn't the kind of process where either person really wants to pull any punches. It's you just need to be out in the open with um, what your expectations and your, your hopes are. And to change things a little bit here, one of the things that you also need to look at that, that can be a problem in retirement, a uh, surprise in retirement, is making sure your beneficiaries are designated appropriately. Or even before retirement. Yeah, before yeah. retirement. Uh, but when you first started putting your money into a 401k or something, you may not have even been married and your parents might have been the beneficiaries on it. And then when you get married, then your wife becomes the beneficiary. And so you forget life goes along there. You may go through a divorce and and I've seen more than once where people have had an ex-spouse named as their beneficiary, which uh, could make for a lot of hijinks if you were to pass away untimely and accidentally leave things to an ex-spouse. So this is the kind of information you want to make sure is up to date constantly and and check it as soon as possible after you finish listening to this podcast. So. Um, <laughs> It's a really simple process to change beneficiaries. You can change them constantly if you want to. Uh, if you have an IRA or um, some other retirement vehicle like an annuity, just contact that um, brokerage or wirehouse or um, insurance company. And if you have a 401k, you can probably just do it through your human resources department or just the 800 number that's on the statement that you get every month. Yeah. You know, another solid step um, that some couples may may want to consider is maybe not retiring at the same time. Now, I mean, I get it. Retiring at the same time might sound like a lot of fun, right? So you can take trips together, maybe join a couple's golf league or a tennis league. Um, but the reality is, Retirement presents a lot of lifestyle adjustments. It might be difficult to go through together, right? So by staggering your retirement dates, each spouse will have the really the time and the space um, to gain a better sense of their daily routines, their goals, their social life outside of the home. Um, it can also give you a few more options in terms of choosing when to start taking your Social Security benefits. Have fun at work. I'm going to be here by the pool. <laughs> there you go. And and when it comes to um, devising, say, a, a robust financial strategy, we really have to prepare for as many scenarios as possible, right? So, uh, you know, what happens if a couple does get divorced? Uh, might not be a comfortable discussion, but there's a number of retirement assets um, to factor in should your marriage come to a, a sudden end. And the separation of, of your different marital assets can extend into the, your retirement planning. Um, you can 
use something, thankfully, that's called a qualified domestic relations order, or it usually here called a quadro, that divides up retirement assets in a way that with that avoids withdrawal penalties. We've seen clients that have actually initially thought that they had to liquidate everything, take the 10% penalty, pay the taxes, et cetera, et cetera. But with a, a quadro doing it the right way and getting some representation to do it, you you are able to avoid the, the penalties if you're uh, prior to retirement age and you're having to divide up assets. So um, another thing to think of is that you may be entitled to spousal support in retirement uh, and either divorced or widowed spouses uh, qualify for social security benefits based on a spouse's record. Uh, if you are divorced and had been married for t- 10 years or more, you can, and have not remarried, you can uh, take your social security benefit based on what your ex-spouse's benefit was without harming their benefit and, and getting more for you. Sure, which of course would make sense if that amount exceeds your earned benefit, right? Now, so Brian, so far we've been talking about a few of the ways that couples can ensure that they're developing a plan for retirement that works for both of them, right? Um, But let's dive a little bit deeper and look at some of the mistakes couples make, right? Some of the things that we've seen couples, uh, mistakes that they've made. So the first thing you should... uh, and our recommendation would be that you avoid viewing money as my money or your money. Right? Especially because in most states that are, are um, uh, community property states, it's anything you've earned together yeah, is our money. Is our of money. Course. So, so you're wasting your time separating it out <laughs> sure. like that. So in, and though one spouse may be inclined to invest conservatively with their money um, and another spouse may be more aggressive in their investments, right? The fact of the matter is a a couple together is usually better off taking a household view when it comes to planning for retirement. Because your individual strategies may actually be working against each other. But there may be situations where a spouse is better off carving out their own retirement path. this is really an instance is like a second or third marriage where you ha- are bringing assets into the marriage to begin with. And each spouse needs to look out for assets that they may be wanting to leave to their bloodline. And so that this is almost where you need to bring in a um, estate planning attorney as well. But for generally speaking, planning for retirement as a team is the smart play. Yeah, sure. Another common retirement strategy mistake is not adequately considering differences in life expectancy, right? Or, you know, so different ages or maybe different health, you know, the health um, of the two different spouses. And, you know, although a discussion about life expectancy isn't a lot of fun, um, it really is an important step. And uh, if there's a significant age gap between the spouses, it can be even more important. Um, You know, an age difference could mean that one spouse has to begin taking required minimum distributions from retirement accounts several years before the other spouse. Of course, required minimum distributions or RMDs, we used to have to start taking those at age 70 and a half, but now recent legislation has changed that to age 72. Right. And so um, health differences between spouses also can have an effect on these needs as well. So 
uh, healthcare plans and the type of activities you want to do in retirement. Yeah, but, long-term care. Yeah, yeah long-term care. But also, uh, if you retire early, you may have an insurance gap. If you both decide we're going to retire at 62, you'll need to cover some kind of health your healthcare for you until you qualify for Medicare at age 65. Right. And, and fortunately, the Affordable Care Act allows someone to buy an individual policy but without any evidence of insurability, right? Just crazy expensive. Yeah, though, they're expensive. And in Texas, all we have are HMOs. So your network, you know, is going to be limited. You may have to change doctors, et cetera. Anyway, that'll that, be another yeah, show. Yeah, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's, another topic. that's a whole other podcast <laughs> in itself. So... Um, anyway, okay, so the the next potential pitfall for couples applies specifically to those who may not have a pension, right? Or have to choose between a lump sum or a single life pension option. And, you know, it's fairly common for a retiree to cash in a pension plan um, in the belief that it's better to have the money right now than having that money pay out during their lifetime. And, you know, the truth is that this belief might be right. It might be wrong. Um, the more you, it, if you need to really do the math for yourself to determine the return you'd have to earn on your investments to match the income you'd get from that single life option. Right. But be be wary of anyone who tells you that they can guarantee you a better um, income, right? You might be able to do that with a fixed indexed annuity with an income rider. Um, but anyway, just make sure you do the math on that. Yeah, do a detailed analysis on it because otherwise you just, somebody saying, yeah, I can, I can beat that, uh, uh program. Uh, might not. What happens if there's a big pullback in the market, yeah. right? Well, you know, well, what if you're wrong? Yeah. So anyway, um, a couple should keep in mind that a single life versus joint life option really matters a lot. Single life being just paying on my life and joint life being paying on mine and my spouse's life and the second to ending it with the second to die. So uh, an example of a large mistake would be, uh, say you've got a, a your executive with a pretty large pension, you're in your second marriage and you choose a single life option for your pension plan. So that means the benefit ends when they die. So uh, what they may have done is made their spouse the beneficiary of their IRAs, but they took a single life option on their... Um, to get the higher payout. Right, to get the higher right. payout. So now that sounds great because you can get a higher payout over time, but if that person passed away again a year and a half into retirement, their pension just immediately stops. So that, that potential income stream is gone. So... Everyone involved probably would have been better off that if that executive had chosen a joint life option where it pays to the second to die of the husband-wife-spouse relationship there. And then they can be flexible with what they do with their IRAs. They could leave them for their children. They could use them for many other things. But take in, except for very specific circumstances, it's usually better to take the, uh, the joint life payout even though it um, – pays a little less right. than the single life. Right, might be just a little less, yeah. You know, another thing we really should spend a little bit of time on is the the danger of ignoring differences in financial knowledge and, and experience. Um, you know, it's common for one spouse to be maybe the primary decision maker, right? Because maybe the other spouse is maybe not as comfortable making big 
financial decisions or they may not have the experience um, or expertise needed to really properly evaluate different investment options or complex financial transactions. Um, you know, it's really important to determine how the less experienced spouse is going to handle finances if the more experienced one passes away first, right? Uh, is the remaining spouse able to manage potentially a large sums of money, right? And, and if not, will they be comfortable choosing the right person to help them do that? You know, and not only that, but sometimes somebody who may have been successful in investing may have kept their records and everything either in their head or in a very cryptic spreadsheet or something like that that's hard to figure out. So uh, this, when um, the surviving spouse has to uh, interview and find a financial advisor or someone to help them, they may not even know what they're looking for. So this is something to plan for in advance. If you're doing your own finances, you need to plan to uh, find your successor if you were to pass early. Yeah, you can be more right, Brian. I'd completely agree. And, you know, remember that older Americans have um, increasingly, increasingly become targets for people who don't necessarily have their best interests in mind. You know, so think about how how would your spouse handle, say, some aggressive sales call or pressure from someone, uh, you know, using some of these common scare tactics? Would your spouse be able to handle those types of um, of of uh, overtures from a, a right. friend looking to take advantage? So so there's you, you really need to be on top of the game of interviewing your successor. Yeah, that, that, that's that's definitely true. And and every couple needs to have an honest conversation about these factors you know, so that their financial strategy can help head off some of those potential dangers and challenges, right? And uh, one more mistake people should avoid is beginning Social Security without considering survival and spousal benefits. We talked a little bit about uh, Social Security earlier, but it has a built-in mechanism for married couples called a survivor benefit. And so with some planning, the lower earning spouse may be able to get a larger benefit amount from the higher earning spouse. And, and that bigger benefit amount will continue for the life of the surviving spouse. Another thing to look at though, however, is over your lifetime, if you were drawing a husband and wife, were both drawing social security, one of those social security streams is going to end upon the death of the other spouse. So that even, even though one may get a bigger survivor benefit, their overall income is going to drop uh, from social security when one passes. So you need to have some kind of strategy in place to either see, is that going to be a, a, a material impact or do I need to have some sort of life insurance or something in place to cover for when one spouse passes and that social security benefit gets basically cut in half or more. Yeah, that really is important. It's so important that we actually have an entire chapter dedicated to this topic uh, in the book that we wrote. So, And we're coming out with our second edition here shortly as well. So you can see more info on that on yeah. our website yeah. or on Amazon. And, and if you have any questions about your financial strategy, I'd again encourage you to visit our website at stabilityfinancialtalk.com or call our office at 832-559-8393. And uh, we look forward to talking to you. And join us again for another episode of Stability Financial Talk with Gene and Brian. So take care, and we'll talk to you again very soon. 
Thank you for listening to Stability Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell at Stability Partners. Call 832-559-8393 or visit them online at stabilitypartners.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Stability Partners Advisory Group LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Texas. Insurance services and products are offered through Stability Partners LLC and affiliated companies. Stability Partners LLC and Stability Partners Advisory Group LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.